This is the Sky is Blue podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, the Sky is Blue podcast with me, Phil Toomey. We've got uh, Paul Fisher, Stuart Basson, and Daryl Carpenter out there. In fact, I think we should give Stuart his new title, the magnificent Stuart uh, Basson, wasn't it? The Liam uh, Northcliffe of the Derbyshire Times uh, said on one of his tweets this week when you were talking about penalty shootouts. So, well done on your promotion to magnificent. I haven't seen that. Ah, right, okay, well, um, I'm, I'm sure you will all think of a correct form of address for me as the podcast goes on. I would urge you not to repeat that correct form of address as the podcast goes on. It uh, may offend yeah, some listeners. I think that entitles you to wear a top hat. So, um, <laughs> something along the line. I think that's, that's the perk of it. Yes, and um, so we've got we've got matches to talk about this time, and we've got uh, various other bits and bobs to chat about. I I can formally say as well, Stuart, that probably our our last podcast where we predicted the result of the first three matches. Well, bearing in mind uh, uh, the Wheelston game didn't take place, but of the four of us, you were only you were the only one who predicted that there'd be a loss in there somewhere. So I think you must win that as, as well, even though. It's different. <laughs> Well, it did. It, it, it's something you'd rather not win, isn't it? But, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I'm in the Wilson game. Sorry, go on. Yeah, we were all a little bit optimistic the way that it's gone. But is there any positives to be taken out of the uh, the four defeats in the National League? Have all been by a single goal: two one against Hartlepool, two against Torquay, two one against Stockport, and three two against Chesterfield. Paul, can we take any positives from that? Um, well, it's it's well, you can as sort of an attacking force, can't you? Really, I think you, what you're going to struggle is uh, defensively. They're still making the same mistakes as last season, which is uh, you know a cardinal sin and something which really needs to be addressed. And pretty soon, I'm sure that John Pemberton is tearing his hair out about that in, in particular, and he's he's not you know been shy saying that's exactly what they've been they've been doing. But he's also trying to lead into some positives as well, which I understand. He's a little bit frustrated. Uh, that the results haven't quite gone their way. Um, so it's important to sort of play a, a long hand, I think, at, at present with it. Uh, there's a lot of people losing their patience straight away. But then again, I can understand their point of view is the fact that we've seen five years of defeats, um, that, that you know they, they're giving short thrift to uh, to opinions that, from managers that they've, they've had so far. But I think you've got to give them a bit of leeway with this respect that, yeah, OK, he signed some of the players from last season, but... Arguably, he didn't really have much of a choice, did he? To be fair, there isn't a lot out there. So, I, I think that you know, it, as it as it's gone, on, it's not been the best of starts, granted. But there have been occasions in this so far that there have been, I think, some positives going forward. And I think that you know they've got to really sort of tighten up defensively before they um, before they look at anything else. Uh, Daz, do you, do you see any positives in that, or is it, uh, you know, most people were predicting a little bit easier start than, than that, and of course the results have, uh, have been a, a bag of whatever, haven't they, really? So, well, uh, 
Yeah, I think as I said last time, Bill, I was pretty unsure what would happen if I was being honest. But uh, I think we all got we all got right the fact that we were going to give Woking a bit of a tonking. I don't know why we all got that one right. Anyway, uh, as for the other results, we have at least been competitive. I think that's fair to say. One of the things that worries me is the use to concede everything coming down our right-hand side for some reason. And um, a lot of the goals are very samey in that that ball to the near post, we're getting caught on time after time. Um, now, whether this is something to do with this three-at-the-back philosophy and what we're doing is marking space rather than people, I don't really know. Well, I think what you've got to do is, if you at the back, your wing backs have got to be able to defend a little bit more. And whilst Jordan Cropper is moving up the assists chart, um, you know, you've got to you've got to look at um, his defensive uh, capabilities because, as you quite rightly say, like nearly all of the goals have come down our right hand side, the opposition left, generally from crosses. Um, and and you've got to do something about that, Stuart, haven't you? It, it's I, I asked John Emerson after the Wilston game about it, and he recognised it. He says they talk about it, but it keeps happening. Well, yeah, um, and it wasn't until Stockport that we looked better at that, was it? Where you know for for which he made certain um, positional and sort of procedural changes if you like in the way that we played um and we looked better for it i mean yanni came on against wilson didn't he um kicked their winger up in the air got one back and the winger got booked for it whereupon the winger was shifted over to the other side you know and then he wasn't quite the threat again um so having yanni there as the right-sided center half probably helps in that respect and he can offer you know he can give more support He's a proper defender, isn't he? And can give more support at right back to um, to Cropper, which allows Cropper to, to, to think more about the attacking side of his game. And I think if you can keep those two together on the right-hand side, that will give us the best possible outlook out of the players that we've got so far. I think that's, that's key. That's, I think that really is key because, you know, if you've got a defender, if Cropper's going to use that right flank all the time, then you're absolutely right that Yarny, or a capable defender who can play right back as well as um, right-hand side defender, is perfect to cover for that space. You've got Maguire on the other side, who mm-hmm. can play left back if need to, so he can cover for Buchanan, or you've got Tyler Denton, or Tyler Denton, whoever's there playing, rather than Hollis, who's more of a traditional centre-half, then he could never play left back, surely he'd just get skinned alive. So I think that's that's a good point, that Stuart, about having you you covering defenders if you're going to play three at the back. It's almost like a four in midfield, which they played on Saturday, when you've mm. got two proper midfielders in there, one defensive, one bit more attacking. So it's a bit more like a three-four-three three on Saturday, which I think allows a lot of scope. And Cropper then doesn't need to worry too much about getting back, you know, obviously to help out, but he's got Yarny to help him out defensively in that space. I mean, the, the disappointing thing with Cropper is he's got the speed to physically get back. You know, even if he might not be the best tackler in the world, he's got that ability to get back and, and make it difficult for the crosser. But he's been caught out too many times and, and, and in the wrong place. But, of course, going forward, he's been a dangerous outlet. He scored one goal. His long throws mm. have 
have, mm. have created two Tom Denton goals. We didn't have a single goal off of Sam Muggleton throwing all his time. <laughs> yeah, no. mm. So, so we've had two already this season, and and he's provided some good balls into the box from an attacking perspective. But as well, John Pemberton said before we started the season, yeah, you know, with regard to the number ten position, he says, well, you can't just have a luxury player who lets the ball run, the player run past you, and you give up the ghost. And we need to get that a little bit better. It worked better on Saturday against Stockport, of, of course. But that is clearly the, the problem that there is. We, we've not been, well, we've not conceded a goal. No. People running straight through the middle. We've, we've looked vulnerable at times, but got got away with it and, and made some tackles. But that right hand side is is the area, and I think you could just about look at say all bar one goal this season probably have come from that that sort of uh, uh, position. Uh, um, but look, looking at the, you know, I think it was a, a talking point. Uh, I, I watched it from a vantage point of a brewery, so I'm not saying that my uh, my judgment is um, is is as good as it could be on the day. But um, yeah, there were, there, were, there were Twitter reports saying it was a three-five-two. John Kieran, who was doing the commentary, the, the the Stockport guy who I've known for a long time, was calling it a four-three-three. You've called it a three-four-three. It was uh, it was quite fluid, wasn't it? And, and and of course, when you're watching it on a um, on the telly, when the, the camera doesn't pan out all of the time, so you, so what, is the back line all in a line of four or three? And was Buchanan pushing up? Whatever. It was very very difficult to tell. So. On my second part of golf, but I think I gave up trying to figure out what it uh, what, what it was. The same with Kiwami. You know, he was pushing forward quite a bit, but was he a left was he a left wing back or was he a left sided striker? Yeah, it was an inside left or something. But I didn't see the game. I just looked at that lineup and thought, well, that's that's obvious that that's uh, three at the back and four in midfield and three attackers. It just it just looked looked simple to me. But maybe maybe other people know different who actually actually saw the game. So uh, I don't know, but. Do you think that do you think that people have dropped in, you know, at the start of the season? They've got every right to be critical, but do we think that they've been a bit harsh? People on Bob's board or on Facebook or, or whatever, they've they've been a bit too critical. Well, does do you think one of the issues is that we played some pretty good sides in the first few weeks? Yeah, uh, that skewed it a little bit. Yeah, I think I think that's fair comment because after the after the first four. Um, We've we've lost to the top three, haven't we? Um, yeah. Been well, and ironically, both were fourth. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think that's fair cover. I do. I agree with. I wholeheartedly agree with Paul. I think there has been an overreaction, but not typically in view of the last five years. Um, I don't think we're anywhere near as bad as we were. Uh, Sheridan were at least competitive. The team are clearly playing for the mm. manager. I don't think there's any doubt about that. The heads haven't gone down at any stage in any game. Um, and, and we have been competitive. And with a little bit of luck and rubber the green, I think we could have picked up at least another couple of draws out of those, uh, those narrow defeats. And they've all been one goal defeats, haven't they? Yeah, no, that's right. Hartlepool was, Chesterfield were in the lead. Uh, um, then two that mad five minutes as John Pemberton called it. Torquay was a 95th minute winner. Stockport was a 85th minute winner or something along uh, uh, along those lines. And Wheelston, to be honest, you know, in the second half we we could have got got back into the uh, in, into the game before it, it ran away with us and, and went to three one. 
Um, but we were undone just that they had a really, really quick left winger who we couldn't cope with. And, um, you know, they, they, they deserved the, the 3-2 win, but Chesterfield could have nicked something out of that. But Saturday against Stockport, D- Denton was there and he was playing his piece. But it was a lot more uh, measured. There still were the, 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 the long ball from the goalkeeper and the centre-half too often, too long. But in general, it was a lot more measured play trying mm. to bring Tyson and Kiwomia into it, was, wasn't it really, Stuart? Well, yeah. I mean, I think now Stockport gave us as close as we can get to having all the right people in the right places. Um, and, uh, you know, I think just having one less person in central midfield has, has freed it up a lot. Um, Butterfield played his best game for us, you know, having that bit of room around him, um, that that's no coincidence. And Will Evans played a better game, I think, for having room in front of him in which to advance. You know, he was bringing the ball a little bit further up before he was launching it. You know, we were generally leaving it until later on in every move before we went towards Tom Denton with it, which I think made us look better as a football team, you know, um, and, and gave us better opportunities overall. Yes, uh, um, you know, it, it's frustrating that those defeats have been just by the uh, the, the odd goal, particularly with two of them being pretty late uh, 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 as well. But uh, the, the, the Stockport game has a formula being found. It's a week now before our next game because it should have been Macclesfield this midweek. Obviously, that won't be happening. Um, we could technically over the bottom of the league because the two teams below us are both playing in midweek. Uh, um, so technically, it could be bottom. But has the Stockport FA Cup game put a peg in the ground that we should be thinking, yeah, yeah, that's uh, albeit very early in the season, a turning point, Daz? I do think so. Stuart and I were saying before we started recording, I think it's giving a tremendous boost to everyone in the sport. Um, I mean, our FA Cup record aside, which as we know is outstandingly bad, um, just, just to... Just, just to have turned round last week's, to to have come from behind again, uh, and then to have gone on and, and won the game on penalties, albeit on penalties, um, like, like most town. I think I, I think I tweeted once, once we got full time. Well, that's a great comeback, lads, but we know the inevitable outcome. Kind of thing. Um, <laughs> But um, in fairness to them, um, you know, they held the nerve and, and it'll have done them the world of good. And going to Yeovil, they were pulling up no trees themselves, are they? Uh, no, think, not one yet. Not one yet. Um, so I think I think they can they can go into that game with a, with a bit of uh, a bit of a mm. outlook. Yes, if you look at their league results, Yeovil, they they drew two two away on the opening day at Kings Lynn. 2-2 with Wheelston, lost at home to Wrexham, who have not had a great start. Drew away at Halifax and drew 0-0 away at Dagenham Redbridge. So, four draws and a defeat in their five National League games. They're playing Sutton on Tuesday at home. So, they've got that opportunity for the first uh, first win. And, um, you know, Sutton have started off reasonably reasonably well. But, you know, Yeovil uh, um, have, have had financial issues. So, you know, they'll, you know, they'll not be able to add to their strength but in the likes of Reese Murphy up front those of us who remember he absolutely played us off the park one day for Dagenham and Redbridge I think it was wasn't he yeah. mm. okay. <laughs> he's, he's not quite the same player he had a nasty injury that. but 
you know, they, they, they've got him in the side and he can do a lot of danger, uh, a lot of dangerous things. And Courtney Duffus is no uh, mug either. He, he had a great season for, for Yeovil last season up front as well. Player who started off as a as a youngster at um, Everton for uh, making his way really with with Yeovil. That's the first time he started regularly starting for a for a team. But yeah, we've been down to Yeovil on on key days and one before, Stuart, haven't we? So um, no reason mm-hmm. why we can't do it this, this weekend. Well, absolutely. We should be you know feeling as though we're in a good place at the moment. I mean, obviously you know in terms of league position, we're not, but. Um, you know, the, 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 the Stockport game should give us um, self-belief, you know. We should be able to go down there and, and and come away with a win. I don't see why not. You know, now, now that we've got the players playing, you know, as properly as they did against Stockport, um, uh, cutting out, you know, fewer of the, of the silly errors, their goal notwithstanding, um, you know, I think... If we can continue to improve at that rate, I think we'll be fine. You know, let's start at the Oval. If you were John Pemberton, Paul, what would you be saying to uh, Kyle Leather and try and catch it a bit more? I always remember Lee Richardson used to uh, say to his goalkeepers, he'll never never drop you for uh, dropping the ball, but he'll drop you for not trying to catch it. Yeah, I think maybe that should be a word that he has to say about it. I don't know whether that's worked in Kyle Leatheran's career throughout. I don't know whether that's a, a coaching issue. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know, because he's not played an awful lot of games, considering how old he is. Um, in that, he's basically been a number two goalkeeper for somebody, hasn't he? Um, so, whether that is it's something, or it's something we're going to have to get used to. Um, but um, it certainly put the jitters up the defence, I'm certain, because that's a couple of occasions it's led to goals, hasn't it, really, I think? Um mm. Oh, I think uh, Pemberton and the club hasn't... Have they got a goalkeeping coach at the moment? I'm not sure who's the, who's the goalkeeping coach. Uh, yeah, Dave, Dave O'Hare, but, uh, okay. who, who was in the academy. Um, so who, who, who carried out the role, uh, the role towards the end of last season when Pemberton came in. Uh, um, yeah, and, and, and a, a, a good, solid lad, uh, but, not, but not a former professional. Not that that should make a difference. Coaching's not no. necessarily the same playing, is it? But uh, he, he, he certainly makes feel, feel people around him feel good and positive. Um, but yeah, somebody who's been around as long as Leather and should just need a, a little bit of guidance rather than yeah, a, a yeah. massive point. Yeah. You know, he's, he, he's not working with Dylan Wharton would be the person who needs the coach much more. Yeah, won't he? yeah, indeed. I think that's yeah, probably right. But I mean. They've got a, a week off now. They've just played what six games in eighteen days, isn't it? You know, for a, a team that's uh, barely had any pre-season, I think that this week off will do them a world of good, really. I think, and you know, it's going to be relaxing. It was a, a positive result, wasn't it? So, bodes well, really, for for going forward for Yeovil next Saturday. And yeah, like I say, that week's break because the the two away matches before Saturday, Dorky and Wilson, so both long ranges that take a a, a day out of the week as well for recovery, don't they? So yeah. uh, no question. We've, we've talked about a few a few uh, negative issues. The biggest positive, does I think that most people are saying is coming from the season so far is Luke Rawson. What's your views? Oh, I, it was terrific to see the two finishes in the uh, the Welking game. Um, he's clearly still raw as Pemberton said he was, but uh, I think I, I think the lad's got potential. 
and I've no reason to think that he won't be hanging around the first team and going in and out the side, whether it be for full games or 20 minutes here and there for the rest of the season. Uh, and it's good to see one of one of our own, as they say, do that. Uh, I feel a little bit sorry for Sharman. I thought he was a bit of a lamb to the slaughter on uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, exposed, really, by uh, a player who um, I don't think we'd really uh, either scouted very well or paid as much attention to as we ought to have done. Because for that 20-minute spell, after we took the lead at Wilston, the kid was unplayable, wasn't he, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and um, you know, Sharman, when when Pemberton switched it to four at the back, Sharman showed that he's not a right-back option, and he quickly brought Yarny on, didn't he? Sure, yeah. yeah. And you have to say, from, that, that was, from my point of view, that showed good management, that, you know, he wasn't going to expose the kid and ruin him for the sake of leaving him on. Uh, uh, it wasn't just a case of that game, it's, it's, it's beyond that, isn't it, really? Yeah. And yeah, from the manager's point of view, it did stem the flow as well. So it, it, it worked yeah. on two levels. Well, it did, as you said earlier, for the second half at Wilson. I could only see us getting an equaliser until they came up with a 35-yard top of Bonnet Wildey from the left. Bendy Bendy, they called him. Um, yeah. Then, uh, of course, we, we, we also had two disallowed goals there, didn't we? One of which I thought yeah. was extremely iffy. Um, so we're, we're not exactly, I mean, apart from the handball, obviously, against Stockport, we're not having the rub of the green, I would say. <laughs> no, no, the, De- the Denton disallowed goal at Stockport was difficult to see. Too, you know, the camera angle didn't make it possible for us to, to tell, but it didn't, didn't instantly leap out as being offside. And uh, equally, there, there was... Um, a, a concession recently. I can't remember which which one it was. I think it might have been the winner for Stockport. But the guy looked a little bit offside when he came back in. Also, yes. I think when he said yeah. it was Stockport. He, if that had been VAR, I think his toenail would have been uh, <laughs> in an inappropriate place. But such is uh, such life. Um, you, you were talking about not scouting the uh, the left winger at Wheelston. Of course, one thing that's happened. Was it today or yes? Today the announcement, I think, uh, Stuart, yeah. is yep. Paul Lemon has been recruited. I assume it was out. I, I, I quickly scanned the, mm. uh, the, yeah. the release, but Chief Scout, which will be, I'm sure, looking at future opposition and looking for future players. And you know, I don't want to say about time too, but about time too. Well, absolutely. I mean, we've not had a proper scout. <laughs> no, I won't say it. Um, <laughs> you, no, no, it, 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 it's an absolute essential part of, of running the club, isn't it? And fair play to the to the trust and the board of directors for for sort of prioritising it above other issues um, with with the game in its current financial situation. Um, last season we didn't have one, and John Sheridan took no interest whatsoever in recruitment. So. Consequently, when it came to offering contracts to players in the summer, we either had to offer them to the players that we knew a bit about, or we had to offer them to people that we probably scouted on Football Manager, you know, mm-hmm. um, because otherwise there's no way of knowing anything about them other than recommendations from your mate within the game who, you know, lives 
five miles down the road and watches them play from time to time. It, 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 it's not the right way to do it. And today we've taken our first step back on the road towards the, doing it the right way in, you know, in terms of scouting. Um, whilst, uh, Paul, in, in recent times, you know, a, a pile of credit goes to Paul Cook. He wouldn't have achieved what he wouldn't achieve without good scouting with Paul Mitchell. I know we've talked Paul Mitchell up on this podcast lots in the past, but Paul Lemon's got a good reputation as well. And if we if if we to believe it, he was in for the job when uh, Big Guy got it. Wasn't it? So uh, um, pity he didn't get it at that point in time. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, going back to Paul Mitchell, yeah, absolutely uh, vital to Paul Cook's recruitment, and uh, he was there originally and they could sort of merge ideas off each other Paul Cook could see a good player as well it kind of worked both ways didn't it you know so but uh, those un sort of gems that were coming through you know uh, that uh, that they could have seen Ollie Banks for example a, a good player for us at that time you know recommendation from seeing players from FC United Charlie Raglan was somebody they could could build on it's just the same that you know that they, they couldn't stay and um, but yeah absolutely Paul Lemon was in for the job um Director of recruitment and talent scouting, or something like that. Anyway, he uh, he was all nailed on for the job, apparently, and um, and then uh, obviously a a swift about turn by the, the previous board uh, brought in one of the mates, essentially, um, and and that was that was Paul Lemon uh, uh, cast out, and he would have been good for the job at that particular point, something required and think needed. I'm just hoping it's going to be the same case now because that department needs an overhaul. We need to be looking at uh, players and doing that pretty sharpish as well because there's lots of talent out there. And I hope he's not, going to. Sorry, I hope he's going to be the club's chief scout, irrespective of who the manager is as well. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah assuming everything goes a okay, it should be a uh, whoever the manager is is irrelevant to the position. Exactly. Um, yeah. 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 It's like a director of football, isn't it, that takes over that particular role. You know that the, the manager should be appointed on, on from that basis. Not he works for the club. The manager, like, so it, it, it could be changed at any particular point. They they work for the club and they they should stay that way. Mm. Uh, and you know he, he lives in Chesterfield, but of course he's he's been carrying out a scouting role for some time, Stuart, hasn't he? He's uh, mm. he's worked for a number of, of, of football league clubs, so he knows his way around. Certainly does, yes. Um, he, he has worked at Scunthorpe. He worked for for quite a long time, didn't he? And I think he's been back to Sunderland, of course, where he started his career. Um, and we see him, uh, you know, around and about at um, at the new ground, don't we, from time to time? Or at least we used to, and we could get in to see things at the new ground. Um, you know, so uh, so he, he is known to, to, to the club and to the people. Um, and I just think he'll be a good fit, you know. I think he'll do a good job. Oh. Yeah, he, he was certainly there, I think, for the Woking game. I said uh, hello, recognised him under his mask. And uh, I'm pretty sure it was the, uh, the, the Woking game. So, uh, yeah, he's, he, yeah, his reputation is, is good. He's a, he's, he just quietly gets on with it, doesn't he? He's, mm. He doesn't shout about it like some people who maybe possibly have been in that position before might have done. And, uh, you know, he won't go sort of saying, oh, look what I did at so-and-so, and look what I did at so-and-so. He'll, no. he'll yeah. His, his results will be known by the people who count. Mm, yeah, and I think he'll actually go and watch games and watch people rather than just go along and sit in a stand and talk to his mates like one or two other people probably did when they were fulfilling the Chief Scouts job. Uh, and a good player does as well in his day. As a, obviously had to 
back in through injury, still in his in his twenties, but uh, he knew how to play as well, and so he'll he'll be able to recognise a bit of footballing talent. Oh, he was uh, he, he was one of my favourites during the era. Yeah, a very very tidy player, always gave of his best. And, um, I think they would call him technically good these days, wouldn't they? Um, yeah, very very neat and tidy footballer with a with a big heart, really. And uh, it was it was such a shame his career was. Uh, Good short at the time it was. Um, I mean, it's such a vital role for a club in our position, in any position, particularly in our position. And, and when Pepperton said at the the pre-season thing that he was horrified to come in and, and ask for the list of who we've been looking at and who was on our one list, and we didn't have one. You know, I mean, you know, hey, is there any wonder? Yeah. I think it was Hayden Hollis. Hayden Hollis, yeah. Jonathan. <laughs> Has to lie at the feet of Sheridan, I'm afraid. Um, you know, his his mismanagement on, on that side of things is terrible. And you've only got to look at the recruitment between um, last season, uh, sorry, season before last and last season, uh, which was again haphazard, non-existent. You know, as you said, Phil, oh, I'll sign Gerard, I know him. Side sort of. Mm. There was no, there's no sort of pattern. You couldn't look at the, any of the signings and think, oh, we've got a plan here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the young and hungry that, that yeah, we, we've talked about many a time went out the window with the Ebanks Blake type of thing from the Saunders, yeah. the Chris Hurd's world. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, what, what we need are. We need to sign players that people don't get excited about because he's never heard of them. Because they need to be good players who are going to make their way in the game and become saleable assets at some stage in the future. Yeah. So our shopping list, you know, should should be the, the the conference north or the Welsh Premier League or something yeah. uh, uh, along those lines, or even the Northern mm. Premier League. Yeah, because there's some good players uh, uh, out there. And yes, there's always that element of if they've got half decent jobs. Uh, um, but you know, Alfred yeah. signed the lad who'd been down at Margate or somewhere last uh, last season and lost his job, yeah. and he absolutely ran ring round in the pre-season friendly at Alfred. I just can't remember the lad's name. Reeves, I think it was. Uh, um, and and you know, they're the sort of players that if you've got your finger on the pulse, you know they're coming available, and yeah. you get in there first, mm. and at least give them a choice. You know, if they choose not to join you, that's fine. But yeah. if you never invite them, they're never going to join you. Hmm. And, uh, I, I often uh, think, Phil and uh, and everybody, I think that it's often best to have mates who are other scouts rather yeah. than having yeah. sort of managers that are your mates. Because they're only going to give you rubbish players, aren't they? Like, so, you know, I'll get rid of his dead wood and whatnot. But if you've got mates who are generally chief scouts most of the time, you're all competitive with each other, I suppose. But then you you know that you're always after the next person. You know, if you can help me out here, there's a couple of players that I'm after, you know, and whatnot, so I'm going to have a look at. I would think that's sort of the best idea. And the last thing you want is you're scared to be mates with agents. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, indeed, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to right for you, son. You know, uh, uh, that, that, because that's, easy, that's easy way recruitment, isn't it? But... Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't get you. Uh, uh, it doesn't get you. A, so that's a yeah. That, that, that's a, a bright spot on the uh, on the horizon in terms of the squad as a whole. Now 
you know, you can sort of say really there's there's square pegs in square holes, uh, square holes and replacement for all of the square pegs as well. Um, but is the quality there, Stuart? Is the quality there? Um, I certainly think there's enough quality there for us not to be struggling all the time in this division. Um, you know, we're able to score goals. Yes, we've lost to these teams that have all been at the top, but we've been able to score against all of them or almost all of them. Um, and if, you know, it, it, we are hammering ourselves in the foot by, by making silly mistakes, aren't we? And if we can cut that out, you know, um, and it's not a question of player ability. I think most of the time, um, then, then, then we'll we'll go up the league. And yes, it will look as though we've got sufficient quality. You could always use more. You can always see positions where, you know, do do, do we need a reserve a reserve goalkeeper who's who's going to push um, Kyle Leatheran? Um, you know, because you think of Tommy Lee's best season for us was when he had Richard O'Donnell pushing him. I thought, um, you know. Um, and you can always look, but 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 that's what a great position to be in, though, isn't it? You know, looking at players and positions now, where if the money became available, you could improve things um, rather than actually sort of fill great holes in 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 a non-existent playing structure. I think we're in quite a good position at the moment. Yeah, and, and you know, okay, you know, there's a lot of people uh, criticise Scott Bowden this season. He's only started one match this season, obviously had a three match. And there'll be plenty of clubs at our level who'd absolutely be desperate oh, to take Scott oh, Bowden. So we mm. we know if if he's uh, if heads in the right place that that he, he can provide a, a lot of positives. Tyler Denton in his short spell, has shown, mm. he's only started one match in the league so far. He's shown that he's got something to. Uh, yep. Uh, uh, to offer. Luke Rawson's only started one game. He's got something to offer. Joe Rowe Joe has not started any games this season. Nathan Tyson's only started one game. Joseph Yarny's only started one game. So, you know, there, there, there's there's depth in the squad. Yes. But yes. I, I, I would put our second 11 up against anybody's second 11. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you can always improve, can't you? But I, like I said, I think we've got enough to get us away from the bottom of the league and quite a bit higher up the table now have we got enough to you know this season or next assault the playoff places and the top two play you know the top place in the league probably not you know but it is going to be a building thing and 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 the side that we see put out against yeovil next week might contain three players of that side that can have a go at going up you know Mm. um it is always a building and rebuilding thing. Yeah, you're talking about scoring goals, and uh, there's a great stat came out from uh, the commentary team against uh, uh, Stockport on Saturday that, that Tom Denton scored in every match since February, apart from games against Stockport. <laughs> 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 so, uh, uh, you know, goal, goal scoring doesn't really does seem to be the, uh, the, the numero uno problem, is it? It's about stopping them. Uh, exactly right, mate. Yeah, uh, I, I think as, as as we touched on last time, you know, with with the pace, with, with Tyson now becoming fit, and Kiwomia, I think is a great signing, absolutely great signing. Um, I think he gives us 
he gives us options to play him down the middle or out wide. Um, he can go on either flank. I think he's exactly what, what we needed in that situation. I've been quite impressed in the few glimpses we've had of, of the other Denton. Um, mm-hmm. As someone whimsically put, I don't know if you saw that one, well, we've got a Tyler and a Plaster now. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, Very good. Very so, good. Uh, all we needed is Sparky and a Chippy. Um, <laughs> but the uh, no, I, I've been impressed with him. Uh, as they say, the boy looks so he's got a good left peg on him, um, and he'll certainly give balance. He looks more athletic than Buchanan, which you would expect him to be. Um, so I think I think he's a. I, th- I think they're two very good signings actually. Well, of course, uh, Sparky, um, Mark Hughes, Chippy, Liam Brady. Absolutely. So if we get two people of those. Uh, of that ilk, that's not going to be uh, uh, bad, is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, um, yeah. Should should John Pemberton be worried, Paul? Should he should he be worried, or should he be quietly confident that uh, after that horrendous preseason, that things are starting to move in the right direction? Well, I think he should have. Um a belief in this side is obviously a tight group of players obviously helps doesn't it when you've got a such a, a small squad and competitive places as well I'm sure he's given out a fair few rollickings to some of his players defensively um and you know attacking wise he could have got you know there's no real questions they're scoring goals aren't they so there's no real sort of issue there I think that uh, you know he's going to change the de- defence about a bit. I think now that Will Evans has played every game so far, whether that can be looked at, I'm not. I'm not too sure. But if you take Will Evans out the out the eleven, uh, you've got to put Ollie in as a bit of experience. Otherwise, you're going in with some rookies, really, aren't you? And and, and Lawrence Maguire. So, I don't know. I think he should be quietly confident. He knows. He knows what he can get out of this team. He he thinks that they've not been playing at a hundred percent yet. They've switched off at times. That comes at this level. The most important thing is, I think that like, as long as they're scoring goals, and that's a that's a key issue as well. They've just got to stop them at one end. That's all I think. That's main. That's and just the basics of it is just stopping them at one end. Mm. But whatever changes he made against Stockport, sorry, it uh, I, I I can't remember a error from an outfield player in 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 our defending that um, sort of gave me the collie wobbles or led to a. Yeah to a direct chance against Stockport, which might be the only game so far this season. Um, so, so the changes that we made for that game and for the defence for that game and the way we set ourselves up, to me, has to be, you know, the sort of, the, 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 the post that we nail our, our play to, if you like, in the weeks to come. And there's no doubt that Villa should have been sent off against Stockport, shouldn't he? So he should have been he shouldn't have been playing that next couple of games. He deliberate handball on the line. We got got away with that one, didn't we really, I think. Yeah, yeah very very much so. I mean Daz, you know, we we're, we're five games into the league, played Stockport twice, including the cup game. What's what's the standard that you've seen so far? Is it on a par with last season? I'm not talking about Chesterfield, I'm talking about the, the teams that we played. Do you think it's better than last season, about the same or or a bit worse, or is it difficult to tell because we've played a higher proportion of decent teams? It's early, um, but if you're comparing Barrow and Harrogate, who I thought were, to me anyway, the two outstanding teams last year. I mean, the first half that Barrow played at our place, how they weren't six or seven in front, I've no idea. 
um, we got away and, and managed to get a two-two, didn't we? Um, mm. um, I, I, I still, it's I, still baffling how we managed that. But anyway, um, and Harrogate were, were just a terrific side, whole man away, uh, and that that game late on in the season, just before the shutdown, the four-three. Yeah. as good a game as I've seen at this level by both sides it was a terrific contest uh, and it's no surprise to me that they've gone up and, and have made a steady start so I, I stopped put in that class I don't think so I talk in that class I don't think so having seen both games hmm. no and uh, Hartlepool I think have been the strongest side that we've seen yeah. so yeah. far I, I, I think uh, it was quite Quite funny. I uh, I managed to wave to uh, Aaron Downs while I was at Torquay, and uh, um, I couldn't find him at the end of the match. And he'd been looking for me and couldn't find me either, which is strange because there's only about ten people in the ground. But yeah, he managed to meet me. So uh, he, uh, he he contacted me the next day and asked me to give a, a lowdown of what I thought of uh, Torquay, which was quite uh, quite difficult to to a, a pal. But uh, um, you know they they got they got. A couple of really good players there too. Raiders, wide Raiders were were very good. Ben Whitfield, who was one of my favourite players last season, and yeah. uh, uh, Lemon Evans, who was, I think they just signed him when we played down there last season, or he not been in the side very much, but he he's improved no end. But I felt that they're two central defenders, and I said this to Aaron. I think a bit of pace could get amongst them. Yeah. And uh, uh, they had a lad in in midfield who was very very fancy, but with no. Output the, the lad who'd been a kid at Man City and Rangers, uh, um, name just escapes me at the moment. And uh, um, yeah, got right up front, 35, 36 years old, target man type. You know what you're going to get from him. And and so uh, yeah, they they've they've had a terrific start. And they had something like three out of the first four games. They scored a last minute winner, didn't they? Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they uh, they obviously just had the rub of the green. Whereas you know two uh, two of the three. We concede, and I don't think it's not. It doesn't appear to be a fitness thing. I think the fitness is, is there. I think the sharpness was down in the first few games after yeah. the preseason, but not particularly the the, the 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 fitness element of it. But uh, yeah, I agree. I, I've not seen anybody to match Barrow or Harrogate yet, even though we've played the teams that are at the top of the fledgling uh, 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 division. But yeah. yeah. Some teams start off relatively slowly. I have a feeling Harrogate started off quite slowly last year, didn't they? And then mm. had a, a good run, whereas Barrow started off like a house on fire and were fading uh, yeah. when, when the season when the season was was poor. But you know, one enigma that we've got is is Joe Rowley. What what should we do? How should we handle Joe Rowley, Paul? No, he's not had a loan spell, has he, uh, at all since he's, he's been out. I think it's time to get him out playing some football um, because uh, he's no he's no use. We haven't got a reserve team. We haven't got under-23s. He's too old for the uh, youth team, so he's going to have to go out and get some football because he's got a, at least two players, I think, who are ahead of him in the pecking order, really. Um, so he's not had a loan spell. He was thrown into it by Gary Caldwell. Um, now it's time to go out and play some football for somebody else. And come back to us, hopefully, like so, a, a better player, or he knows exactly where where he can fit in, and try and force Mandeville, in the first case, out of the side. As happened with Lawrence Maguire, who went to Fylde, of, of course, and yeah. came back better. You mm-hmm. know, and it's it's played ninety odd first team games or ninety odd first team appearances. Role is made, so uh, um, you know, 
for anybody with that amount of uh, his age and that amount of appearances, you should be playing. You should be playing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Why? Yeah. Yeah. And, and Regan Hutchinson is another one, uh, um, Stuart. That's that's not really been. Well, I don't think he's even been on the bench this season, if I uh, if I remember. Regan Hutchinson, who had that little cameo against um, Harrogate, didn't he, and played pretty well mm. in the time he came on against Dover. Um, you know, so so maybe it's time that that he was had a, a few ten minutes or fifteen minutes at the end of the games. Do you think? Well, possibly. Um, Pemberton says this thing about only having five substitutes, doesn't he? Which obviously comes down to four if one of them is going to be a goalkeeper. Um, so he needs people on the bench that he can rely on if they have to come on after 10 minutes rather than just for the last 10, doesn't he? Um, so it's difficult for him to give people that sort of opportunity, um, I, I, I think. I think towards the end of last season he did it because he didn't really have very much choice but but um but but uh, yeah he, he he needs he perhaps needs to go out doesn't he somewhere like like joe Rowley could probably benefit from doing if they're not actually going to to, to feature in our own sort of starting plans and things and now kiwamia and uh, uh tyler denton have come in for do you think we'll see a great deal injuries um, uh, accepted of Jack McKay. No, he's got he's got now that Tyson's uh, at least sort of ninety percent fit, um, and you mentioned Kiwamu as well, who's only here till January. That might be Jack McKay's saving grace, really. I think that um, it's. I, I think again, he he needs loans. Uh, I think he needs to go out and play some football as well. Um, just for a month, you know, maybe, um, you know, just with, with somebody, just to get some games. Um, it's he, he, he is rather hampered, isn't he, Pemberton, by this only having five subs thing. You know, in the Football League, it's seven. But I didn't realise the ruling in the Football League is that I think two of those players, or at least one, has to be an academy graduate or come through the ranks at some stage. So they have to name them. Because Harrogate the other night at Bradford could only name six subs because one of their subs, Jack Emmett, I think it was, was going off to university. So he couldn't, he couldn't turn up for, he couldn't turn out. For and he didn't realise there, there was a bit of an admin error on their part, uh, Simon Weaver admitted to in the uh, pre-match uh, interview. <laughs> oh, well, oh, well, I didn't see Yeah. I think a lone spell will doom the world good as well. Okay, let's let's talk let's about uh, 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 things off off the park. The uh, the, the trust running the uh, club now, Mike Goodwin and uh, and Co on the board. Uh, how, how do you how do you think they're uh, faring? My my personal view is I think they should be shouting a little bit louder for volunteers and uh, and and calling uh, calling for a little bit more help from people. But that's my that's my views. Uh, um, what about you, Stuart? Um, well, like you, I think we could probably enjoy hearing a bit more from them, um, you know. And, well, I suppose at the moment with no football that the people can go and watch, your um, immediate need for volunteers might be diminished by that. I don't know. But, um, but yes, like you, I think they, they – I'm sure they do plenty – to get people involved and to make people feel valued, you know, and to do all, all the work they do within the community. But but it's always good to hear more about it. 
you know? Um, and yes. sometimes, you know, sometimes you see the criticisms of them that are being levied and you just think, well, they could answer that quite easily. You know, the, the, the sort of easy, cheap criticisms that people can make about, for instance, having hangers-on and all your mates go into these games that the public can't go to. Well, they could answer that by saying, look, here's who was at the last one. He was here because of this. He was here because of this. She was here because of that, you know? Um, and you could, you could, you could answer all that quite easily. And I think it would be good for them to, to just sort of, I don't know, not necessarily fight back a bit, but, but, um, you know, to be able to answer their critics a bit more often. Yeah. Transparency. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. I, I thought they announced last week, Phil, did they not, that they were, they were, uh, they were appealing for volunteers and they were going to have a stadium squad which was yeah. to help out around the ground and stuff, and also some match day volunteers. So I think mm -hmm. they are beginning to sort of um, push out the appeals. But uh, I think, as Stuart rightly said at the minute, they're probably not breakneck urgent. If we if we got if we got the government to say you can start having three and a half thousand fans back in, I think you'd see a bit more urgency in that. Mm, yes, and uh, it was quite bizarre seeing uh, what, what was the, the televised FA Cup game on Friday that there were loads of fans in. Uh, um, there was one on Friday. It was oh, it was Elkston, wasn't it? Elkston Town. Uh, they lost heavily to Hartlepool, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there were there were fans in for that. So you've got a uh, an elite team in Hartlepool playing a below elite team, but you you had fans in. Whereas, mm. you know, and I, you know, I've seen the pictures, and yes, they think, are being reasonable about social distancing, but not as much social distancing as you get with three and a half thousand fans in at the Technique. No. Mm. Yes, that that's the thing, isn't it? You know, you see pictures. There were pictures of Buxton playing earlier in the season. I think pictures of Di Girolamo scoring from a penalty spot, and all across the opposite side, all you could see was a great long line of people all jammed up next to each other watching the game. You know, and sometimes when you see pictures like that, you think, well, perhaps you know, football isn't necessarily helping itself here for some somehow. You know, um, well, they, they allow yeah, fans. They either allow fans in or they don't allow fans in. Is like, what, mm. what, what's the sort of middle middle ground here, isn't it? So you need you need something. You know, you non-elite clubs and elite clubs. What do you you expect fans of lesser football teams in non-elite to behave impeccably? Yeah. That other elite supporters don't have, uh, and it's it's weird. It's like just like the drinking culture as well at grounds. It's weird. So I was going to say, for getting back to the trust, I, I, I do think that they're still finding the feet. Um, I had quite a long conversation with uh, Andy Phantom in the week because um, I'm I'm helping him with the, some bits and bobs. Um, and um, you know they've they've had an awful lot to do to get the club out of a mothball status, which is what what it was when they took over. Get it functioning again, and get the team back in, uh, bring some people in off furlough. You know, gradually try and get to a point where they could get fans in, and then have that taken away from them. Try and put a few events on. Some of those have had to be cancelled again, like the. The, the opening game, you know, that they were going to do in the lounges and stuff. So they've had they've had their issues. I think the hands are pretty full. They're running on very limited numbers, um, but they all 
they all seem very upbeat. I also had a, a quick chat with Mike Goodwin as well, and the more I speak to him, the more he strikes me as the right man at the helm at the minute. Good. Yes, I should have been at the stadium for lunch today, but uh, yes, I should have been as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, initially it was uh, you know there were two households, so it was oh you'll have to go on separate tables, and oh, well that's fine. Put us next to each other. That will that we can work on that. And then of course got got the call that it's uh, it's off. So it's all bits and bobs like that that that, that aren't helping. That they're they're doing the initiatives and then having them pull from underneath their uh, their, their, their feet. Yeah. But great to see them joining in with the uh, providing food next week or this week yeah. on, uh, during half term and everything. Or, or all of the all of the yeah. sort of stuff that the trust would have done without the football club, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, perhaps it becomes a bit more visible and a bit more easy to get people helping and getting people involved. And I think there's an awful lot of volunteers helping the cause uh, 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 there in, in person and in pound notes as well. So, uh, uh, and I great, like Phil. Great. And Phil, the, um, when they had to do the donations for the uh, after the first streaming uh, incident as well, you know, this was uh, great for so many fans chipped into that as well. To raise n- nearly around four and a half thousand pounds was uh, was brilliant, really, from Chesterfield supporters in that in that respect. And for it to go back into the community to help with the sort of streaming in the future, I think it's a, a good thing, and to help the setup and everything. And and hopefully that's uh, spent wisely. And um, I mean, it took them a while to, to for people questioning them, didn't they, about uh, to get an answer out? But maybe they had to wait till the funding had stopped before they could yeah. give an answer as to where it was going to go. I don't, I don't know the reasoning, reasoning why, but that might be one of the issues with sort of, as you were mentioning before, about not you know being quick on the uptake to release information. I mean, that might be yeah. one it of the... It took a few right. days, sorry, didn't it? But but then, yeah. you know, they probably haven't got a, a, a five-man, 24-hour-a-day PR team ready to yeah. jump on everything. You know, somebody probably needs to talk to somebody else who has to say, well, I'll have to ask so-and-so and I'll get back to you. And, you know, and that's where your time goes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. But they do that to prepare a proper response rather than just say the first thing that comes into their mind, which you might expect a more traditional response to be from people who are running a football club. You know, given our yeah. reason. And we, had, we had four uh, four years of flippant responses, didn't we? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, four years where the only reliable information came from a bloke on Bob's board called Moondog. You know? <laughs> yes, yeah. indeed. Uh, you know. Yeah, um, and talking of funding, have the National League got it right with the five or six clubs that are getting ninety-four grand or whatever it is a month, and the rest of them getting eighty-four? Is is that rightish? Very right, very wrong. Oh, they should have given it all to us personally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that seems to be that seems to be the standpoint of every single non-league football club chairman, doesn't it? I mean, you know, I suppose however they do it, they're going to get slagged off for it. Well, what, what is Chesterfield getting six grand more than Boreham Wood? I don't think that weighs itself, does it? Fair enough, but, but no, I, I I agree that there probably should have been three tiers. We 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 used to work in three tiers, aren't we? There should have been a, a, a sub sub thousand, a thousand to three thousand, and over three thousand or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I think it could have been distributed a little bit differently, but at least they've recognised the top clubs. A little bit more, yeah. Top, and I'm talking about in attendance. Uh, so, should we uh, hurry up and spend so. ours before the National League come to take it back in order to give it to Hartley <laughs> Winky or someone? <laughs> yeah, maybe, I think. But I mean, because of that nine, nine grand bonus yesterday with the victory, that's 100 grand they've got this month, so quids in. Yeah. 
I can't remember the exact number for winning the first round match, but it's 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 not something like nine thousand two hundred and fifty. It's twenty two thousand one hundred eighteen pounds thirty two pence or something. It's, it's one of those. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just, Count it with a calculator's worked it out. Mm. Um, well, I tell you what, guys, and Andy knows because he mentioned it to me last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be now. Who do you fancy? Who do you fancy? Because of course, you know, you can't have yeah home advantage and away advantage, and everything's is is is, is sort of uh, difficult at the moment. I I always like uh, early stage. I like. Uh, a low-grade non-league team away somewhere I've not been before, but that's just me being selfish. Hmm. There's two ways of looking at it, isn't it? Do you yeah. want to go a bit further? I mean, what, what makes a club most money? A, a, a winnable game against a, a, a minnow, if you like, or a big game against a Sunderland or someone where there's yeah. going to be 10,000 people watching it on a stream or we're going to, you know, because you don't actually want it to be on telly, do you? Because you don't get so much money. From that, as I understand it, as you would. Oh, no, FA, FA Cup, no, FA Cup, you get quite a bit. FA oh, right, okay. Good, uh, uh, earner for the first round. So, no, uh, that would get you more than your stream. Oh, right, okay. So, right. so Sunderland at home, or, or even Boston. Sunderland away, because you know, you've got to assume that Sunderland will be in somebody's thoughts. Yeah. And, and the other team that will be in somebody's thoughts, so whichever the lowest ranked team left in it is, which I've not seen yeah. the before. Runners and right. Who? Cray Valley Marine. Paper Mills. Marine, yeah. Cray Valley Paper Mills, they must be a Marine. Cray Valley Paper Mills, yeah, they'd yeah, be good. Yeah. yeah. And Marie, you want Bolton or Sunderland, don't you, really, I think? So, yeah. you know. So, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Nice Tony twist Bob with the Bolton, ineffort. Ever, good. Yeah, hmm. Evo was um, very direct about his criticism of his goalkeeper this weekend, wasn't he? He was, wasn't he? Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. I'd like to see John Pemberton talking about Kyle Everton like that, you know, publicly. Yeah, man up a bit. He needs to man up a little bit. Well, yeah. uh, yeah, and and uh, I, I'd have loved to have seen footage of when Bolton scored the last equaliser at Barrow, making it three three a couple of weeks ago. Uh, um, yeah, with that, I'm, I don't know what will have to have been. Uh, oh, it's been the league too, of course. I was, I was yeah. Yeah, they're in the same division now, yes, of course. Uh, yeah, 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 because Barrow were 2 0 up after about four minutes, weren't they? Mm. Uh, 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 or, uh, so they'll have been rubbing it in, I think. But, you know, even the staunch Barrow fan must just sort of think, well, he took us up for the first into the league for the first time since 1971 or 72, whenever it was. And uh, he's moved on to a, a club that historically is quite a bit bigger than Barrow. You, yeah. know, you can't blame the guy for that. No. You can't. Uh, I mean, I know Bar- Boltner are in a tub of treacle and trying to get out of it, which is going to be very, very difficult. But, yeah, yeah it, it was a good move for, for the guy. Plus the fact that it's a lot nearer home as well. Hmm. Yeah. I think whoever we get, from the club's point of view, ironically, we need to be away. Because it's, at the minute, we're having no fans and it's costing us money to host home games. And mm-hmm. you have no income. Because you've still got to have all well, the peripheral stuff. Um, so I, I think it's costing us money to play at home. Um, so maybe maybe Marine away. Was that not Kevin Lynch's old? It was, yeah. Yes, it was. It was yeah. yeah, Kevin Lynch, definitely. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Marine. Yeah, he, he took over from a ridiculously long-serving manager. I think he was the longest-serving manager in the world or something at the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, that retired when he was about 
A lot of smaller clubs come into Chesterfield. It lifts them up. They, they're all there with the cameras taking pictures and everything. Yeah. The, the Brackley's world that we've played in, in mm-hmm. competitions, they, they really play up on the, on the back of it. Uh, um, so yeah, a, a smaller non-league club, a lesser non-league club away from home would be my my my, my drawer of choice for, for certain. And you know, it's important to get that twenty-two grand. It's probably the most important the FA Cup prize money's been since the first season after Darren Brown, I would think. Hmm. Yeah, my own personal wish would be for a club that's in an area that's been racked with COVID, so that it gets postponed and we go through by default. <laughs> <laughs> that would do me, I have to say. So marine then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't think I didn't think Wuhan United were in the uh, the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, they're the special invite along with Queen of the South. I think. They're, uh, they're, speaking they're the speaking of European teams, Phil. Speaking of European teams, uh, right. Great Old won today in their big derby against uh, uh, Beer. Uh, Beer shot uh, beer called shot. Uh, something yeah. else by uh, the Belgian Spire, the original Belgian Spire, yeah. but they won 3 2. Yep, they did top of the league, I believe. Royal Antwerp, Royal Antwerp top of the league. So, yeah, they, they, they always call them somebody else other than beer shot, and it's not a change on the word beer. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I've, uh, I've been keeping keeping up with how it's gone today from Sven and Danny over in uh, in Antwerp. So uh, uh, the original godfather of the Belgian spyrites. So right, okay. Well, we've uh, we've, we've we've done about an hour so far. So our closing comments for everybody and anything we've not discussed that we desperately want to uh, discuss. We'll kick off with you, Daryl. Uh, I don't think so, Phil, no. Um, I, I just want us to build on Saturday, really. I think we can. I think we're getting fitter by the game. We, we were blowing a bit against Hartley Bull, but I think we've effectively now had our pre-season, and we can go on from here now. Yeah. Stuart? Yeah, I'm with Daryl. Uh, let's, let's keep as far as we can, you know, providing it works for, for the particular opponents, let's keep the same sort of team and the same sort of setup that we had against Stockport. Um, and let's go on improving bit by bit, game by game, and uh, moving up the league. Um, Paul? Just urge supporters just to calm down a little bit. Like, so it's just the start of the season. I think we've got a long, long way to go with this. And I think that the... Uh, the certain match threads on on a certain board as well is quite entertaining. The uh, the amount of uh, twist and turn U turns that uh, that uh, oh, yeah. people do on it is is absolutely amazing. I think to watch it's it's laughable at times and uh, it certainly uh, uh, makes me smile as well. Uh, so, but yeah, we just just I think it's just time to take stock and like, we've got a week off now and look forward to Yeovil and find out who we're going to get in the cup as well. So um, so yeah, I, th- I think just just calm down a little bit. We're uh, we're in for the long haul. Calm down, calm down. So that's Marine again. That's <laughs> Marine again. That's putting it all to Marine, isn't it? Isn't it? It's got, it's got to be. So, well, thanks for uh, listening again to the Sky's Blue podcast with me, uh, Phil, Daryl, Paul, and Stuart. And we'll be back when uh, Paul sends us a link again and says, "See you uh, later." So, uh, well, you're you're listening to it, so you know where it's available. But um, well, you just go through where it is, Paul, just in case people have only got one place. If you can remember them all. Well, it'll be on Spotify. It'll be on iTunes. It'll be on Google Podcasts. It'll be on Amazon 
podcast as well. That's a new one. And it'll be on Stitcher. Uh, Deezer, I think, of one that's been sent up. And These aren't podcasts, Red they're boy bands. <laughs> and if there's any of your favourite podcast uh, stations that you listen to, we'll try and get it on there as well. If you've got anything to recommend, recommend we shall put it on there as well for you. So, um, yes, everybody keep the faith, I think. Well, thanks very much, guys. We'll uh, speak to you next time around.